Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is a Thursday edition of The Rob Carson Show, and you know why I believe that Hunter Biden brought the cocaine into the White House. Do you, you know why? Because I'm not stupid. All right, and uh, and honestly, anybody who is in the media who's legitimately scratching their head, uh, like, uh, oh, I don't know who it could be. I mean, it could be a media member. Uh, it could be one of those visitors into the White House. Any idiot who uh, who who says that on the air is either being uh, completely disingenuous or they're just lying. They're just lying to you. In the obvious answer, when cocaine is discovered for the very first time in the White House uh, on a holiday weekend where the first son of the president, who is known for his prolific cocaine abuse, uh, and he was there Friday, so the most obvious answer is, uh... Maybe Hunter had something to do with the cocaine. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Maybe Hunter had something to do with the cocaine. Uh, honestly, if, 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 the, if you're watching a, a mainstream media outlet and they're acting clueless as to where this cocaine could have come from, just turn them off forever. Honestly, just turn them off forever because they're lying to you. They're, they're not this clueless about everything. They know exactly who to suspect. It is painfully, painfully obvious, even just for political, just for, for humor, from a humorous standpoint. Dear God, he's known for snorting cocaine off the buttocks of a prostitute. He's known for driving 171 miles an hour behind the wheel of a Porsche. Uh, he, he was snorting uh, or, or actually smoking crack behind the wheels of his, of his Ford Raptor. At least he has good tasting cars in Washington, D.C. And then uh, along comes the earth-shattering news that somebody may have sneaked cocaine into the White House and the news media is like, I don't know who it could be. You know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, I have no idea who got in the White House. Honestly, I was listening to my buddy Chris Plant. He's got a, a great show. And Chris Plant, he has some uh, inside uh, information in Washington, D.C. He's lived in Washington, D.C. for like 40 years. He was the Pentagon reporter when 9-11 happened. He was driving to work that morning. And he said that he has already spoken to someone who uh, has told him that the where they found the cocaine supposedly is not accessible to the media. This is a this is a separate entry entry for people who are I guess VIPs into the area. All right, so you know, and then also there's this. <clears throat> I don't know if you knew this. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it's because the media has been ignoring it. But Hunter Biden left several laptop computers at a uh, computer repair store in uh, Delaware, and he had spilled some sort of liquid on them. I don't know what the hell it was, and and I really don't want to go. I don't want to see it under a black light. I don't want to see because uh, yeah, 
Dear God. But he took him in and he forgot about him. And on this little waiver, it says if you don't come return to, uh, you know, in 90 days or whatever, then it becomes the pro- the property of the computer store. And, and uh, this guy sat on it and then he gave it to the FBI and the FBI completely ignored it and the whole deal. And, and we literally three years, four, four years later, the only national media company to acknowledge that the laptop exists after the FBI shut down the uh, the investigation into it before the 2020 election to affect, affect the 2020 election. Uh, you know, the only place CBS, and that was Catherine Harrod's last year, Catherine Harrod's last year after a fully more than a year after the deputy secretary of cybersecurity for the FBI was invited to Congress to talk, and Matt Gates asked where the laptop was, and he said, we have no idea, and Matt Gates introduced the laptop to the, uh, the, to the congressional record. So, uh, honestly, at this point, it's, it's not even, I mean, it's so funny that it's not funny. How about that? It's so funny... And the fact that the media is ignoring it is not funny at all. It is, uh, it's just kind of actually insulting and, uh, and idiotic. And I'm, uh, for this matter, actually only going to entertain the possibility that Hunter Biden brought the cocaine to the White House because it's the most obvious answer. Here's Jim Gossett. White House discovery turned out to be cocaine. The guy in the mask, he didn't rob the bank, did he? No. It was Hunter's I bet. He knows how to get cocaine. Yeah. It wasn't a press member. Story broke, they found coke, it's no joke. Cocaine. Because it's never happened before. Yeah. Will they investigate? Oh, will everyone skate? Uh, did the virus come from a lab where they were making those viruses in China? Did the dossier come from Hillary Clinton? Don't ask Joe, you won't know about the snow. No brain. <laughs> okay. And by the way, I want to thank all of the people who... Uh, who wrote me uh, because it, it's funny um, and I think one of the great things about satire is it uh, I believe energizes people it, it makes them laugh obviously but people uh, want to chime in and they want to offer you ideas on uh, on song parodies and it's brilliant by the way it's wonderful I thank you for that but I probably got I don't know just a few dozen uh, requests saying hey um, why don't you do a parody of cocaine Eric Clapton <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, okay, okay. And then finally I had to say, well, you know, actually, uh, uh, I, I've already done it. But thank you so much for checking in. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And it's kind of funny, uh, John F. Kennedy, John, not John F. Kennedy, but John Kennedy in the Senate, <coughs> he has a, uh, a knack for uh, cutting to the quick as far as, as far as uh, truth is concerned, using this old-timey colloquial uh, expressions, and uh, and he talked about the cover-up of uh, for Hunter Biden and his family in Washington D.C. last night, and this is just this is classic. Look, I, I don't know if Mr. Hunter Biden committed a crime. I, I sure don't know if President Biden committed a crime. We're trying to get a, get the facts, but but I do know this, yeah. and I think the American people can see it. Yes, the the. Uh, the the Washington managerial elite, the establishment, if you will, yeah, yeah, is um, is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up 
whatever happened. <laughs> that is so spectacular. That is uh, working harder than an ugly stripper. That is, that is, uh, that is fantastic, and it reminds me of my bachelor party in Minneapolis. And and that's <clears throat> all that what? Congress is asking yes. for is the facts. And and to the point that they have no sense. The, the elite in Washington think that the American people don't see yeah. that they're covering up yeah. and that they're being obstructionist. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a reflection of the contempt they have for the American people, but any fair-minded person can see that uh, that, that that our effort to get to the just the facts are, are being obstructed. And and the thing is, and, and what have I said? I said they think you're stupid. And the reason why I, you know, answer the question uh, because I'm not stupid is because there's a point where you just get tired of uh, just sharing the overwhelming evidence to prove your point while people are screaming at you, stupid crap. I don't know. It couldn't be Hunter Biden. I don't know. He just does. He has a history of uh, you know cocaine abuse uh, documented in uh, copious uh, uh, amounts of videos on uh, on the laptop, and everybody knows he does cocaine. And I, I can't even imagine you'd think that White House cocaine Hunter Biden might actually be. I don't know. Might might uh, cross streams there, as you will. It really is just, just, just. Uh, so ridiculously stupid that I, I almost hate to cover it, but it's just too fun. It's just too fun to watch these idiots act like we don't know what the hell's going on. And honestly, please, please, mainstream media, please continue this trajectory as we drive over you like speed bumps to take back Washington, D.C. and put all the mainstream news media outlets out of business or make them so irrelevant they just don't matter. And we're right there. Oh, we are right, right, right there. And you can tell because everybody has the same talking points the day after. Oh, yeah, that's a high-traffic area. Did you notice that? Everybody says it's a high-traffic area. Now, the guys who actually found the cocaine literally said, we're in the library. Which, of course, made me tweet that uh, it was done by Hunter in the library with a mirror, a credit card, and a rolled-up $100 bill. If I were playing Clue, I would have won, and I would have uh, certainly beaten the Clueless media. But here's the actual audio of the uh, hazmat, DAA, what the hell, I don't know what, even who they're in, finding it in the library. Repeat, I didn't copy your results on the Gemini. Gemini's results are new match found with a red bar. New match found in the library. Library. You know how they could tell it was a library? Because there's books in there. I don't know if Gender Queer was in there or Lawn Boy was in there. Wouldn't surprise me, but it was full of books. What is the result? We have a yellow bar, containing yeah. cocaine, hydrochloride. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's why they did that, you know, when you're waiting for the stripe for your test. You know, it used to be when you were pregnant, and then it was when you had COVID. And now it's, hey, we test positive for cocaine. All right, there you go. Congratulations, Hunter. You had another cocaine baby. That is, uh, that is spectacular. Here's Gail King. She's Oprah Winfrey's best friend, or she wouldn't have a job. Uh, she's on CBS. And no, no clue. No clue as to where this cocaine in the White House, where Hunter Biden, the coke addict son of the President of the United States, who literally is getting ready to, to uh, accept a plea deal uh, to uh, lying about cocaine use on his application for a gun permit.
to a surprising discovery at the White House. What was it? A bag of suspicious white powder believed to be cocaine. It could be uh, baking soda. It, it could be powdered sugar. Nobody knows. It was found in an area except, uh, accessible rather to... And it looked like on the balcony at the 4th of July that Hunter Biden had, uh, had eaten a powdered donut real quick and he was very nervous and he was very sniffy. He was very sniffy on the balcony. Groups, and the president and his family were out of town at the time. Yeah, they're out of town at the time. And then, you know, there, there, there was nothing there. The cocaine and the hunter and the Friday he was there and uh, nobody was there. And it was a high traffic area and it's never been done before. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is uh, very good at uh, artfully lying. No, actually, no, she's not very good at it. It's very obvious. But here she is being asked about the cocaine. But one thing that I can share that I'll that I'll uh, share a little bit more information, as you know, the 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 president and the first lady and their family were not here this weekend, as you all reported reported on this and yeah you reported this we didn't report this so you obviously have cleared hunter biden you also know that they left on friday and returned just yesterday uh, where uh, where this was discovered uh, is a i wonder what kind of withdrawal symptoms hunter went through at camp david this weekend heavily traveled area where many it's like jack black in tropic thunder when he lost his bag of heroin to the bat white house uh, west wing <laughs> i should be even more specific uh, west wing visitors uh, come through uh, this particular area yeah, yeah, i just don't else. have anything more Don't blame it on the american public and the media Share it is under you do everything else investigation by the secret service this is in their purview and so we're going to, going to allow uh certainly the investigation to continue and we have confidence that the secret service will get to the bottom of there it. you go there you go but of course yesterday it was being floated they'd never get to the bottom of it because i mean there's just so much involved and it's only a really high security building with lots of cameras so they'll never be able to figure it out yeah so what she did is she passed the buck there to the Secret Service, but in this case, it was a rolled-up $100 bill. Uh, this is uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre being asked by Stephen Portnoy, who I used to work with in uh, in Washington, D.C., about the cocaina. The substance was discovered late on Sunday. What's the latest staff-led tours that happen in the West Wing on a Sunday? You know, I don't have the specific on how late the, the staff-led uh, staff tours go, uh, but I can tell you that there was one on Friday, there was one on Saturday, there was on one on Sunday, the times that there are not any. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, since it's never happened, before ever because people get searched when they go in there and everything it's almost like you might think that somebody who's privileged to maybe has gotten away with a lot of stuff maybe the son of somebody really high up might have just been let in with the cocaine west wing tours is when there is a federal holiday like yesterday or a big a white house a large white house event i just don't have the specifics let's let, let the, the secret service get to the bottom of this they'll get. have more hopefully more information and pass it on to that secret service again you betcha you betcha and a lot of people that i speculated about this yesterday kind of wonder if this is their out this is how they get rid of uh, joe and i said they don't want him in there he ain't gonna be the candidate and they're looking for something anyway your thoughts are welcome here guys at 800-922-6680 um it's not uh it's not absurd or ridiculous to associate finding cocaine for the first time in the white house to hunter biden all right and don't let anybody tell you otherwise let's take a break and come back you're listening to the rob carson show Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. 
The D.C. Swamp has divided us. It's time to come together to fight for America as founded. It's the Rob Carson Show. But, but I do know this, and I think the American people can see it. The, the, uh, the, the Washington managerial elite, the establishment, if you will, is, um, is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever happened. Yeah, well, there you go. So, uh, cocaine found in the White House for the first time in uh, in history, and uh, of course, nobody wants to associate the most prolific, famous cocaine abuser, who is uh, the first son of the President of the United States, with the cocaine that was found in the White House. I know it's just stupid. They think you're stupid, but they're really stupid because they think you're stupid. You see what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's just so stupid. I'm tired of this crap. Honestly, I really get tired of coming out here and defending just common sense. You know, I mean, I shouldn't have to defend common sense. Everybody should go, oh, my God, they found cocaine in the White House. Hunter Biden is in the White House. Well, no kidding. The cocaine probably came from Hunter Biden, honestly. But you've got to dance around and act like the obvious isn't really. It's the it's the emperor's new clothes, for lack of a better cliche. It's what it is. Oh, I don't know what it could be. Uh, oh, the dear leader. It's, this is very dear leader stuff, all right? This is very North Korean. We have a media that's really, really North Korean. They started off the summer of 2021 with, uh, oh, the dear leader is going to get ice cream. What sort of ice cream does the dear leader have? Oh, he's doing chocolate, chocolate chip. Pro- proclaim it throughout the land that the dear leader has made chocolate, chocolate chip the great, the great flavor. Uh, all other flavors should be banned. It was like that. And then, you know, he started lying about stuff. And then the world, uh, you know, the country went to hell in a handbasket because of his nonsensical, destructive policies that are made to bring down the country as founded. Then they started to ask questions. But they're still clueless morons on television who act like, oh, I don't know, they found cocaine in the White House. Uh, What? What? How could you possibly associate Hunter Biden with cocaine being found in the White House? Here's CNN this morning. We're learning that it is indeed cocaine. Now, again, this is part of an ongoing investigation. We're trying to get more from this. You know, it's amazing. One raid of Mar-a-Lago that lasted eight hours one day resulted in 37 charges against Donald Trump, all right, with the Espionage Act, which doesn't apply. Yet five years of investigating Hunter Biden for tax fraud, among other things, results in three charges, uh, two are misdemeanors, and one is dismissed if uh, he keeps his nose clean, if you know what I mean. Secret Service as again, how this got into the White House and who brought it in, all of those questions still lingering, but at the very least, those lab tests. And and here's where you go with this story, uh, young whatever the hell you are, just out of J school on CNN. Now, uh, the first son of the President of the United States has been found with cocaine and is currently uh, reviewing a uh, a plea deal that would allow him to admit that he did use cocaine and he would get a diversion uh, instead of a a, a jail time or whatever uh, because of it. So so uh, five years for that, uh, eight hours for 37 charges with Donald Trump. Now in. An investigation being led by the Secret Service, uh, Priscilla, and we should know it. I mean, clearly they know everyone who goes into that building. It is a known quantity. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, doesn't Hunter Biden go into that building? 
That's right. I come in and out of this building on a regular basis, and you do have to pass, just like you would at the airport, through um, through security. And so the question now is going to be how this... Unless maybe you're the son of the president. How this came to be. Uh, and Secret Service is the one who's going to be fielding those questions. Oh, they passed the buck to the All Secret right, Service, uh, too. It is intriguing. Priscilla Alvarez, thank you so much for the latest on... No mention of Hunter Biden yet. ...that it was suspected. The field test said cocaine. Yeah. Now these more conclusive lab tests, yeah. I would like to know, blow by blow, who is responsible for this? <laughs> blow by blow, that's uh, that's funny. Yeah, the most obvious uh, answer would be the first son who's a major cocaine addict and has been very uh, unabashedly uh, public because he left a laptop at a convenience store. I know, or a computer store. Uh, let's take a break. 800-922-6680. More on this. And then, of course, the trampling of our First Amendment rights by the deep state on the way. It's huge. Stick around. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Why we know Joe Biden and the Democrats caused a 40-year high inflation. When factories that make these ships shut down, ships shut down. Because we're not stupid. It's the Rob Carson Show. Expected the field test said cocaine. Yeah. Now these more conclusive lab tests, yeah. I would like to know blow by blow who was responsible for this. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) There is no too soon. (laughs) No one was injured as far as we know. And it's an illicit drug at the White House. Why can't you actually have a bit of fun with it? I don't believe in fun. No, he doesn't. Thank you so much for joining us. That's because you both work at CNN. You know, uh, honestly, if uh, if uh, uh, Adam Schiff can for, uh, what, seven years say, knowing that he knew all the evidence that uh, Russia collusion didn't happen, he was on the, the Intelligence Committee, he knew it, and he lied about it anyway... For seven years, he's still lying about it. If he can do that, then I could say, well, yeah, the most obvious answer to finding cocaine in the White House is Hunter Biden. I don't know, because he does so much damn coke. There's that. And honestly, uh, to entertain anything otherwise is, uh, I mean, you, sure, you know, sure, whatever. But uh, the, the, one of the reasons I believe this, not only just covering Hunter's rear end, but also the ramifications of if, in fact, this is traded, traced to Hunter Biden and that plea deal that he has, uh, you know, has received the slap on the wrist for to taking millions of dollars in money from our enemies and not paying taxes on it and, and uh, making these LLCs to uh, launder money from our worst enemies, China being one of them. You know, there's, there's that. And then, of course, the gun charge where he was caught smoking crack with the gun and they went and looked at his application to get the gun, and he said he was not using drugs. Now, if it's traced to him, and it could be because uh, apparently the FBI is involved here, and uh, they are going to, uh, they found this dime-sized bag of Coke, and uh, D.C. fire personnel were brought in Sunday night at the discovery of the substance. could have been anthrax. They didn't know. And then they found out that it was uh, it was the cocaina, and, uh, and and some people like Mark Morgan, who's been a guest on this show, he's a former FBI, FBI agent. He was uh, acting commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Agency, and he said if the Secret Service wanted to figure out who brought the cocaine in, they could do it in 30 minutes. So they realize that if, in fact, this cocaine is 
traced to Hunter Biden, that plea deal's out the window, among other things. This is really, really big and really, really, really damaging. All right? So he said, yeah, man, you know what? He wouldn't take the Secret Service 30 minutes to figure out how the cocaine came into the White House. He said, I was there countless times, put my cell phone in the exact box they're talking about. I know it well. Oftentimes there's a Marine there standing there. This literally would have taken them 30 minutes to, to uh, solve everybody that comes in, not just the White House grounds, but also everybody that comes to that space where you have to check the cell phone there. They're accounted for. There's a manifest. There are cameras. I could go on and on. This literally should take them 30 minutes to figure out who's cocaine it was. And I might add, who's the only person who would have the hubris <clears throat> to bring cocaine into the White House? I don't care how cocaine you up, up you are. You don't go into the, co- the White House with cocaine on your person unless you think you can get away with it. Duh. Mark Morgan noted that it's still a federal offense to bring an illegal drug like cocaine onto federal property. Morgan said he wouldn't be surprised if the public never finds out who cocaine, whose cocaine it was in the White House, given that the individual who leaked the Supreme Court's June 2022 Roe v. Wade decision has not been identified yet. Well, yeah, they don't find, you know, it's amazing. They, they weren't able to find the person who leaked the Dobbs decision. They weren't able to find the person who, who uh, put the pipe bombs in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. It's just a kind of like they almost don't investigate things they don't want to investigate. Oh, yeah, that's it. The reality is that you have a president and a White House that have a disregard for the law. They really don't care. They really don't care, according to Bobby Charles, Assistant Secretary of State at the U.S. Department of uh, Department's Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement during the Bush administration. And so everything rolls downhill when the President of the United States can get away with literally, with almost, you know, with federal bribery and RICO violations, and the AG doesn't give a damn and doesn't prosecute, doesn't pick up the pen and doesn't even talk about it. Well, what would you expect? When George Herbert Walker Bush gave an address to the American people in September 1989 about the drug issue, he was horrified because we had 5,000 American kids who had died. Now we have about 108,000 last year, and it's going to be 130,000 next year. Not really related to Hunter Biden, but you know. Unbelievable. Let's go to uh, Robert in uh, Richmond. Hello, Robert in Richmond. How are you, brother? What's going on? Hello, Rob. Nice to speak with you. Yeah. Um, I came across a tweet by uh, Dan Bongino, who, as you know, he was in the United States Secret Service. Yes. And his tweet basically said that there's no way that that gets past the security checkpoint. <laughs> Every visitor that comes to the White House is checked, and they've got to go through the security checkpoint. So, you know, for Corinne Jean-Pierre to be sitting there saying, well, there's a lot of visitors, there are doors, people do everything. No. And what he said was that the family members – are allowed to bypass the security checkpoint. So, yep. of course, that leads that that points the finger much more even in that direction. It honestly, it's it's uh, absurd. The first suspect should be Hunter Biden. Then you can entertain other possibilities. It's very obvious. And and you know what? It's the same damn thing with say for instance you got a you got a woman who gets murdered. Who's the first person they go after? Robert. <clears throat> They go after the. Uh, what's the first thing they do when they find a, a, a woman has been murdered or a man has been murdered? Who's the first person they look at? The spouse. The spouse. Thank you very much. The spouse or the boyfriend. That's the most. Uh, and they don't just go, well, it could be anybody in the universe. Could have been somebody who visited their house the last year or so. You know, honestly, they immediately go, okay, bring the husband in. 
and that's the way it should be with this. Hunter Biden should be brought in. He should be questioned. Since he's, uh, you know, they're considering this this uh, plea deal, he should immediately submit to a drug a drug test so we know that he's not on drugs because if he is in on drugs, then that plea deal goes out the damn window and Hunter Biden goes to jail. All right, I appreciate well, the phone call. Go ahead, go ahead. Yes, sir. Go ahead, you said. I'm still waiting to find out whether or not the judge is going to accept the plea deal because the judge does have the right to reject it and say, no, you got to come up with something different than this because I'm not taking it. I, so I hope so. I'm still waiting to find out. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you, Robert. I would like to know that every ju- justice in the country has not been bought off, is not political. Uh, you know, they've got this judge who is uh, presiding over the uh, the case with regard to uh, two AGs bringing uh, charges against the Biden White House for abusing the First Amendment, creating a massive bureaucracy of disinformation, shutting down all conservative dissent on the web, which I said was happening years ago. I said this was happening and now everything that i knew was happening is coming true at least there's that judge at least there's that judge stepping forward at least there are fbi agents and there are irs agents and there are people in our federal government who are coming forward as whistleblowers and i'm going to tell you these whistleblowers they're coming forward knowing now they know that when they come forward, they will lose their security clearance, they will lose their pension, they will lose their jobs. It, it, it is almost reminiscent of the founders. And I, it is, it is. Uh, to, to, uh, to swear on your sacred honor and on your fortune and on your life that you will defend the country. And that's what these whistleblowers are doing. They're swearing on their, their honor, they're swearing on their livelihood, their pension, their careers to tell the truth and expose the malfeasance and the abuses and the usurpations that are happening in our federal government. <clears throat> By the way, the Secret Service is ordering DNA and fingerprint analysis on the dime-sized cocaine baggie. I'm thinking it's bigger than a, a dime-sized bag. I think the bag is bigger and there's a dime-sized whatever, a Coke in the bottom of it. So this comes after the Biden family showed a united front on the Truman balcony on Independence Day, inviting Hunter there... Did you see, Hunter, how nervous he was? He's doing the hair thing. He's going to do the nose and the whole deal. You don't believe what you want. It's just terribly, 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 I don't know, terribly, terribly obvious that he, uh, he brought the cocaine. I mean, honestly. So it was found in the West Wing, not the library. That's what they're saying, even though the D.C. fire dispatch said, no, we found it in the library. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just found it. So uh, hopefully they'll get to the bottom of it. And, I, and there are people who are saying maybe this is the out. I, I talked to uh, Monica Crowley yesterday, and he's like, maybe this is the out they're looking for to get rid of Joe Biden. And I told you, there's, I think he's going to resign. He's going to be replaced. Something's going to happen, and he's going to do it to save face. Maybe this is the thing where they go, Hunter or, or Joe, we, we found out your son Hunter brought the cocaine into the White House. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep this on the down low, but you need to resign. You say you're stepping down for family reasons. You know, maybe. Just thinking out loud because you know what? The country's insane. Why not insane? Why not? Uh, why not uh, entertain anything? Honestly, why not even uh, entertain anything? You know, maybe they'll say uh, uh, UFO aliens dropped the cocaine off. Maybe they'll try that next. We'll see. Dave in uh, Crownsville is on the phone. Hello there, Dave. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up? Hey, Rob. Enjoy your show. Thank hey, you. you mean to tell me that anybody? 
off the street can come in to the west wing of the White House where the president lives and bring out unknown hazardous material. Could be anthrax, cocaine, a bomb. Anybody could bring it in that easy. Come on, man. We're not stupid. Exactly. Thank you. And that's what I said. We're not stupid, Dave. And and honestly, I'm tired of the gaslighting. I'm tired of the gaslighting. We were gaslit about 2020. We were gaslit about 2016. We've been gaslit about Hunter Biden's laptop. Gaslit about Russia collusion. Gaslit about global climate change. All this nonsense. Gaslit about the southern border. So what they want to do is they want to, it's passive aggressive. They immediately cast dispersions on you for even contemplating the possibility, even though your response is the most obvious. It is the, the, the quickest road to truth. It's called Hockham's Razor, Dave. And, uh, and honestly, I'm just done messing around with these morons. I really am just done messing around with these morons, getting on CNN and saying, I don't know where it came from, not mentioning Hunter Biden's laptop, saying it could be a member of the, the, the press, it could be a member of the public. That puts it on you and me. That's the kind of uh, respect they have for people in this country. Dave, I appreciate the phone call. Do appreciate the phone call. It is. Uh, it's just. Uh, it is uh, absurd on the face of it. That's a. That's a, uh, a phrase I like to use. It's absurd on the uh, on the face of it. Um, do, 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 do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait on the next. Uh, I, I'm gonna get to this uh, free speech story, but I want to do that after the top of the hour because it's really, really, really big and really, really, really powerful. Uh, Trump leads Biden in swing states. A new poll spells disaster for the president with third-party candidate Cornell West taking away the vote he needs to win. Now, Cornell West is a fart in the wind. Uh, he is a fart in the wind. Is it enough to draw a percentage or two to, uh, to a uh, uh, independent candidacy? Yeah, but you know what would be even bigger? You know what would kill the Democrat Party? You know what it is. RFK running third party. It would be over. It would be over for the Democrat Party if RFK decided to run as an independent. And he may do that, by the way, because there's a real good chance that the DNC, the Democrat Party, the deep state, the mainstream media are just going to push him out the door, never give him a shot, and crown Joe Biden as the candidate. That's the plan. This is Christy Nome. Talking about uh, 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 Donald Trump and the fact that Donald Trump, despite all of this, still way out in front and actually gaining steam from seven years of persecution. All of the persecutions have resulted in nothing. Indicted twice after leaving office, never done in U.S. history, impeached twice uh, once out of office, once in office, both did a face plant, faced January the 6th hearings, which were a kangaroo court where no defense was presented, no cross-examination uh, mentioned, and they still lost. But here's Christy Nome, who, you know, if she was the vice president for Trump, I wouldn't complain. Not my number one, but dang. I wouldn't complain. Here she is talking about the reality of Trump. And every day Americans get up and they're shocked by what they see happening in the United States of America. And they recognize that when President Trump was in office, uh, that they were safer, that their national security concerns were not at the level that they are today, that they had more money in their pocket. Food didn't cost so much. Gas didn't cost so much. And oh, they're yeah. thinking, wow, I'd do anything to get that back there again. That, and this yeah. president doesn't give up. I think no. that's what's incredible about President Trump that's is true. he is a fighter. So we've got great 
great people running. I'm not going to say that some of these candidates don't have a lot of opportunities here. But with President Trump in that race and us needing someone who will really go to the mat for the American people, I don't see how they get the traction to come out on top. What did I tell you? I said it's not like another primary. It's never been like this. I'm just saying the truth here, guys. This is completely different. It's turned everything on its head. Coming up, Joe Biden is uh, is campaigning on Bidenomics. The problem is only 3 in 10 Americans think he's doing a good job. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. If the mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party say you spread disinformation, it means you know the truth. The important is you said the truth. It's the Rob Carson Show. So just three in 10 Americans believe Joe Biden's economy is good, but he's going out and promoting Bidenomics. This is exactly what they do. They say the opposite, what they do. It's very, uh, uh, this is what, this is what, if you say, repeat a lie enough, people will believe it. Wasn't that uh, Joseph Stalin's chief information officer who said that? They did that. Every time they do, they say, oh, well, you know, it couldn't be, it couldn't be. Uh, you know, and, and, and so, and well, for instance, uh, uh, Hunter Biden, you know, oh, there's no way Hunter Biden could have brought that cocaine in the White House. Well, really? No, that's the most obvious answer. But anyway, three in 10 Americans believe Joe Biden's uh, economy is good. But he is, of course, out there touting like it's really great. And he thinks that the media is going to back him up and say, yeah, he's right. It's awesome. But you know what? You and I have to do the shopping. 30% said uh, Biden's economy is good. 59% said it's poor. 1% said neither good nor poor. And they're doing cocaine with Hunter Biden off of prostitutes for a rent. In addition, the poll found 34% approved of Biden's management of the economy. 64% said they disapproved. Democrats, 60% uh, approved of his economy. 39 disapproved. Younger Democrats, 68% described the economy as poor. You know why? Because they're living in it. And Gen Z got crapped on by the people in charge. Among independents, Biden's rating on the economy is worth 64% disapprove. You can't win if you don't have independents, but still, Joe Biden's going to win and Donald Trump doesn't have a chance, right? Right, if you believe the mainstream media? Overall, just 41% of independents approve of Joe Biden altogether. Bidenomics is working, Joe Biden claims, but everybody knows it's not. It's a fool's errand, and Joe Biden is a fool. Uh, let's go to Monty up in North Dakota, up there where the cash crop is sugar beets. I don't know if you knew this. In North Dakota, it's sugar beets. They're, they're huge. They're like the size of a basketball. It's weird. Uh, Monty, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Well, Rob, I don't do uh, sugar beets, but I do oil and water. So uh, yes. that's where yes. the real cash crop is at. Yes. Uh, Rob. I hope that RFK Jr. would be Trump's VP pick. And the reason for that is, hey, I'm a Democrat. I think only Democrats are serious. I voted for Trump twice, both times he won. And I'll probably have to vote for him about 10 times next time. But uh, anyway, I think Trump is going to be like he did with uh, Hillary Clinton. You know, he he said he's going to lock her up. He didn't lock her up. Uh, RFK Jr., he's got real skin in the game with his dad and his uncle, and I would not want to be working for the CIA or the FBI if he was uh, 
put in charge of reforming those agencies. I well, Bonnie, serious uh, things. To well, he wouldn't do. I don't know if he would uh, be in charge of that as the vice president. You know, like they said, uh, they said that she was going to be the border czar and all of that stuff. So I don't know if he could usurp uh, agencies. But I think certainly uh, appointing um, RFK as a cabinet member or something like that uh, without putting him on the ticket. I think the only way that uh, he becomes uh, he goes on Trump's ticket is if uh, the DNC pushes. Uh, RFK out, and if the uh, the Republican Party pushes Trump out, then they join together in a third party. But I do like some of the things that RFK is saying, and I would love to see him in charge of uh, all of this crap with regard to uh, the DOJ, since his dad was so involved uh, as, an, as an AG. Uh, let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is the final hour of The Rob Carson Show. James Rosen, Newsmax correspondent, uh, excellent journalist, by the way. I was a fan of James Rosen's for years, and he landed with Newsmax It's just awesome. I love it. So we're going to talk to him about the bottom hour about uh, Tucker, Tucker. Hunter Biden's cocaine problems. I haven't seen a new Tucker this week, by the way. I haven't seen a new Tucker Carlson on Twitter. Uh, and one of the things, I mean, I like what he does. I really enjoy what he's doing on Twitter. Uh, but it's too few and far between, I'll just tell you. And I, and I said this right at the beginning, the first episode, because if, if Tucker does not get his production value back, if he does not get Tucker Carlson, ba- uh, Tucker Carlson tonight back... On whatever venue, he's going to become another talking head. I'm just telling you, I love Tucker. I When he does a video on Twitter, I go and I watch the video. I use it. But it ain't going to be enough. He's going to have to do more. Tucker, call Newsmax. Just saying. I, I'm just throwing something out there. You, can, you could call Newsmax if you want to because, dang, I'd love to work with Tucker Carlson. It would be uh, freaking amazing. I mean, he would be so fast to block my calls it wouldn't be funny. Oh, uh, by the way. If you uh, think that uh, the Trump indictment, the latest indictment, by the way, the many, uh, the many uh, uh, unlawful acts being committed against Donald Trump, then you can, uh, you can, you can sound off. It's uh, legit or not. Just text the word Trump to 39747. That's Trump to 39747. You can vote right away. Make sure your voice is heard. Newsmax, of course, now America's fastest growing cable news channel. It rocks. And you know the really cool thing? Our... Uh, our anchors don't change their stripes, so there is that. Hey, you know what it's time for? Time for a gender confusion update. Yeah. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. Gender confusion. Hey, hey. 
That's one of the many things I you couldn't say. I school students about gender identity. Did you realize for a couple of years you could not say on social media that you didn't believe that someone could become the opposite gender, the, other, the opposite sex? You couldn't say it. It was one of the things that the government worked with all the social media platforms to shut down, probably from the CDC, maybe from the HHS. And now you can actually kind of say it. I have a friend who was fired because she said that gender dysphoria is a mental illness. She was fired. She's selling real estate now. Unbelievable. Sickening. Uh, Kim Brady Carricker. Wow, that's like, is Pat a boy or a girl? Kim Brady Carricker was arrested late Monday evening for fatally shooting five people, injuring two children in the Kinzing uh, neighborhood of Philadelphia. Carricker, described as a 40-year-old male, oh, that is so transphobic, was wearing a bulletproof vest and carrying AR-style uh, rifle. Now, you may also recall that in Nashville at the Covenant School, another transgendered individual, Audrey Hale, was uh, killed on the scene by police after she went on a, he went on a, whatever the hell, went on a shooting spree. That's, that's kind of piling them up there. And then the Pulse nightclub shooter was also, uh, had some issues going on. You know, it's, it's like like maybe, I don't know, taking the, the hormone that you're not supposed to have in your system because of the gender you're born. Maybe it bleeps with your head and then all the sundry medications you have to take. It's almost like maybe, you know, feeding a mental illness with more meds and hormones might make you go insane. I'm just saying it could. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to... Of course it should be considered. Character 40 of uh, Philadelphia is arrested, accused of killing five people, two kids. In a shooting spree. Uh, police followed the suspect as uh, this person continued to fire the gun, cornered several blocks away in an alleyway, taken into custody. Taken into custody. And, and the really thing to show this person is insane. I mean, is insane. The cross-dressing Philadelphia mass shooter told cops his ghost gun rampage was an attempt to fight the city's gun violence because uh, all these guys are out there killing people. Is what uh, this person said. So, in the hours after his arrest, character told police the killing spree was a way of helping police address the gun violence problem because all the guys out there are killing people. Kind of like, you know, I don't know, burning down America's cities in response to a, a man being killed by police in Minneapolis. Makes about that kind of sense. Character also, Carricker also told the uh, responding officers they did a good job, but later told detectives that Yahweh, which is a Hebrew name for God, would be sending more help, sending more people to help. So... Yeah. Insane person. Clearly. Oh, this is kind of interesting. You'd be insane to live in California now. No, I'm just I'm not saying it. You my fabulous KSCO listeners out there are not saying I'm just saying, dang, look what they're doing to Eden. Look what they've done to Eden. I know it's terrible. And and I got to tell you, you guys who listen to KSCO and make KSCO a major player in a sea of madness. Is, is spectacular. So thank you for that. But California's exodus has picked up steam as data shows 111,000 residents, more than 300 people a day, ditched the West Coast for Texas, where homes cost $282,000 less. Now, Gavin Newsom is saying that he's doing a bang-up job. He's doing an awesome job. You may also recall that Gavin Newsom, when he was the, uh, the mayor of San Francisco, said he was going to, in 10 years, eliminate homelessness. And uh, that was 2018. He should have done that. And guess what? 
It's worse than ever. So 300 Californians move to Texas every day. Yeah. Double the 63,000 made the same move in 2012, according to a new uh, report from Storage Cafe, which is lovely, by the way, but there's no windows. So, you know, you sit there, you have the candles, the food's great, but honestly, Storage Cafe, I wouldn't go there. And then the door opens up like a garage door, and there's a hearse in there with a, a pickled human head. It's weird. It's just weird. So anyway, of those that moved in 2021, nearly half were millennials, born between 81 and 96, headed to counties around major uh, cities like Austin, Houston, Dallas, hopefully leaving their, ta- their uh, politics there. Fueling the shift was the COVID pandemic, which increased the number of people that could work from home, releasing them from traditional commitments that would turn them to, uh, would uh, tie them down to a specific location. So they got their freedom papers. They got their freedom papers. Forty-six percent of those who moved from Texas to California uh, to Texas from California were millennials. Twenty-one percent were Gen Xers. That's me, baby. Woo! Uh, baby boomers and Gen Xers represented a, a comparatively smaller contingent of those moving. Fifteen percent each, because you got roots and you paid for the house. You know all that other crap. You got family and all that. One of the major benefits of moving to Tejas from California um, houses, on average, cost two hundred eighty-two thousand dollars less. You ever watch that? Uh, my wife and I, we watch HGTV. I know, I know, whatever. And I even kind of enjoy it sometimes. But, uh, you know, you'll see that there's this, this show called Christina in California. And she used to be able to part with this other guy, this husband and wife team. They broke up. Now she's on her own deal. And, and the houses, they go by these houses and they're crap holes for a million dollars. And they got to put $600,000 in it to sell it for, you know, two million. And they're, and they're crap holes. It's funny. According to uh, the B in Sacramento, median household incomes in 2021 was $771,000. It requires a household salary of $145,000 to afford the medium-priced house in that region. So, yeah, they're priced out of uh, the possibility of being able to buy a home out there just because, you know, it's insane. And uh, me personally... Why isn't California a retirement destination now? Why is it Florida? It'll do. Because it's beautiful and no state income tax and no nonsense. It's, it's, it's painfully obvious. Painfully obvious. Yeah. Um, all right. Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? I really do want to do this. So uh, an investigative journalist has destroyed the uh, Mark Zuckerberg on his launch of a new Facebook platform. It's called Threads. Did you hear about this? Threads. It's called Threads like they used to call clothes in the 70s. You know, I'm going to show my Gen Xy here now. You know, like when uh, Starsky and Hupps roll up on uh, Huggy Bear and, you know, they're talking and, and they get out of the car, you know, and Starsky gets out with his cool shoes that every kid in the world had in 1976, those blue ones with the yellow stripes. And the Starsky shoes is what they call them. And he gets out and Huggy Bear goes, nice threads, man. Give me some skin. Beep, beep, you know. And that, that's, that's Huggy Bear. And then they would pursue, you know, they would bribe him because uh, that's what they did with Huggy Bear. They'd say, uh, so, Huggy, you know anything about this deal going down in the hood? And Huggy'd go, well, I don't know, but maybe some money might spur my uh, memory. And Starsky goes, well, how about this? Maybe this would spur your memory. And, and Huggy takes the 20 and goes, I don't know. I'm beginning to remember something, but it's not quite there. And Hutch goes, here's another $20. And then Huggy immediately spills the beans. 
So anyway, back to threads. <laughs> Kane Koa is on uh, on Twitter. I've seen Kane Koa the Great and uh, a citizen journalist, and he celebrated the launch uh, of Threads with a takedown of Mark Zuckerberg and his uh, history of deceit and throttling of life-saving information. And he listed a bunch of things, including Mike, uh, Mark Zuckerberg held a Facebook uh, uh, confab back in the early days of COVID and said, we don't know the long-term side effects of uh, modifying people's DNA. Then he censored scientists, doctors, and uh, mRNA vaccine-injured individuals. Uh, in 2020, uh, Mark Zuckerberg emailed Tony Fauci and said, I, just wa- I also wanted to share a few ideas of ways we could help you get your message out. So he was ready to do, and he did the same thing every single time. Zuckerberg banned numerous vaccine injury report groups. Didn't know if you knew that. Classified uh, vaccine injuries as malinformation. Mark Zuckerberg banned George Hugh, who's a vaccine injury support group. He came up with it. He's a software engineer. And he said he developed uh, tinnitus from the vaccine. Apparently, a lot of people did. And Mark Zuckerberg uh, got rid of that guy. And uh, and uh, let me see if I got that information here. Uh, David Marcus, hold on. Fraud story. Now, here, here's another thing that, uh, that Zuckerberg did. He uh, donated uh, $400 million of his own money toward the election in 2020, effectively helping the FBI and the DOJ and the intelligence community to throw the election in uh, in Joe Biden's favor. Uh, the FBI by covering up Hunter Biden's laptop, the social media companies by dutifully covering up the story with them. But there was more. Using the coronavirus pandemic as an excuse, hundreds of millions of private dollars from one billionaire flooded into governmental election offices, yeah. disproportionately benefiting Democrats. Weird. In 2020, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and his wife contributed $350 million to the Center for Tech and Civic Life, or CTCL. He's like if George Soros were 38 years old and on the spectrum. Money that was then given to local boards of election nationwide. CTCL claimed its grants were nonpartisan and simply aimed at underwriting safe elections during a pandemic. Nah. But was that really CTCL's agenda? In March 2020, former Obama campaign manager David Plouffe was employed by Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan. That's weird. That month, he published a book in which he wrote that the 2020 election would be a, quote, block-by-block street fight. So Democrats needed to turn out their urban base, particularly in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Yeah, and by the way, in Texas, Ohio, Nevada, uh, Minnesota, Georgia, Florida, Arizona, 90% of Mark Zuckerberg's money went to Democrat counties, including uh, places like Minnesota, where $7 million went to Democrats, 60000 went to GOP counties. Georgia, $42 million went to Georgia Democrat counties, $3 million went to, went to the GOP, $14 million in Florida Democrats, $1 million Republicans, and Pennsylvania... Pennsylvania, yeah, uh, elections are free and fair there. Sure, sure, sure. And Mar- and my and uh, John Fetterman really won. Yes, he did. Uh, Pennsylvania, twenty million dollars, almost twenty-one million dollars versus one six for Republicans overall. Ninety percent of Mark Zuckerberg's money went to Democrat counties to throw the election. One hundred thirty million dollars to thirteen million for GOP counties. And the only reason they put money in GOP counties is because. Eh, Democrats live there. All right, let's take a break and come back. We've got much more. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. 
The Rob Carson Show. On July 4th, U.S. District Judge Terry Doughty blocked various federal government entities and figures from pressuring social media companies to censor protected speech, free speech. We have the First Amendment. This includes uh, 70 agencies that uh, just whizzed on the First Amendment and uh, and uh, for, for everything from COVID vaccines to masks and lockdowns to uh, questions about the 2020 election uh, to Hunter Biden's laptop. We relied to on everything, on everything. And I said dissent is not disinformation. Remember that? There's a reason why I said it. Dissent is not disinformation. Dissent is dissent. Dissent is telling the people in power, no, I'm not going to let you lie. Dissent is not disinformation. I even had a t-shirt made up. It's on my t-shirt and swag line, which we're going to be uh, relaunching here very soon. We also had a t-shirt that had the State Farm logo. It said Deep State Farm. Did that a couple years ago. FBI, DOJ, DHS, all in the circles, you know. Because it just takes a little common sense to see it. And then when you are abused, and I was abused on every social media platform and as an on-air personality, uh, not, not with Newsmax, but elsewhere, told, well, you really can't do this. You'll lose your whatever. You won't go on YouTube. You won't be this. I've been, I've been kicked off at Facebook, YouTube, uh, uh, all of those. Uh, YouTube, I got kicked off for posting a, a Robert Kennedy Jr. video about, uh, about uh, vaccines. That's true, by the way. It's just kind of funny. But here is a Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the judge's ruling, uh, allowing the, uh, well, stopping the censorship of American thoughts by the federal government. And specifically, do you disagree with the judge's ruling that, that this coordination was a form of censorship that specifically targeted conservative speech? Look, we dis- disagree with the decision. I'll leave it there. And I'm going to let DOJ do their, move forward with their evaluating. Yeah, which means that uh, she's not saying we didn't do it. They had a pretty sweet deal there for a while. All they had to do was say, uh, you know, what you believe is disinformation. All you had to do was say people who didn't agree with the 2020 election were deniers. All you had to do is say to people who thought that maybe the vaccine won't prevent the spread of the virus that they are uh, conspiracy theorists. All of those things. And then then idiots like uh, Joe Scarborough could sit back and fold their arms and go and say, well, you know, that's disinformation. And they'd laugh at you. Like you're the person who's who's denying the truth, and they're the ones who do it, and they have this this hubris about them that they can know that that their truth is a lie, and then make you feel bad about yours, and feel bad about you know expressing the truth. Oh, I'm in a denier. That's why I embrace being called a denier. I embrace being called a mega fascist enemy of democracy. I had a T-shirt made. It says "Proud Enemy of the State," and I am a proud enemy of this iteration of the state. Absolutely, one thousand percent. This is uh, CNN. CNN, of course, they're defending uh, you know going after free speech, including by that. And if you knew this, but Facebook has admitted, this, according to Miranda Devine, that uh, they've been spying on private messages of uh, and data of American users reported into the FBI. Yeah. If they express any anti-government or anti-authority sentiments or question the 2020 elections, that's what happens. Yeah. The targeted Facebook users were investigated by agents in the uh, local FBI field office, sometimes using covert surveillance techniques. Nothing criminal or violent turned up. It was a waste of our time, said one source familiar to the subpoena. Requests lodged uh, during a 19-month frenzy by FBI headquarters in D.C. to produce the caseload to match the Biden administration's rhetoric on domestic extremism after the January the 6th Reichstag moment. Yeah, it's kind of funny that way, isn't it?
kind of funny that way. But here is CNN uh, saying the government needs to intervene because disinformation. I, can I just say one example, having covered the elements of this, we did not expect this to come. I think a lot of administration officials were surprised by the scale of the injunction. But an example that I think was cited in the lawsuit, which I think gets it, but uh, kind of the how this has landed up to this point is the Biden administration would regularly reach out to Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. and other companies and in, threaten them in kind of the the early that's true stages of their covid response and say this person is spreading lies about vaccines. This account is uh, spreading misinformation. No, they say misinformation. Information that is inhibiting not just our efforts, uh, the, the administration's efforts uh, to address covid, but also public health do something about it. And often, I think more often than not, the companies would respond and say, okay. Just and there are emails that came out during this, the course of this case that that was something that I think when it was explained to me at the time, I thought, all right, that makes sense. That's probably what we should do on public. Yeah, health. that's why they extended the emergency use authorization for so long, because that was their excuse for censoring speech. It was an emergency. These were odd times. That's why they didn't uh, stop the emergency use authorization until this year. All right, James Rosen is up next. Do not go anywhere. It's going to be good. What you do in your bedroom is your business. What you do to our country is ours. It's the Rob Carson Show. Behind the scenes, the Secret Service was investigating the shocking discovery of cocaine just steps from the Oval Office. How this got into the White House and who brought it in, all of those questions still lingering. Here's what we know. The cocaine was found in a small dime-sized bag during a routine sweep in a cubby used by White House staff and guests to store cell phones. All right, so that is Inside Edition. Uh, We had a a minor loading problem with that. But that is Inside Edition. This is right up there, Allie, finding cocaine in the White House. It is is certainly an odd story. It certainly opens up a lot of questions. And here to tell us uh, about the story and what he's discovered, James Rosen of Newsmax joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, my friend. How are you? Greetings, Rob, from the White House Press Briefing Room. This has been a, uh, a, a kind of an odd week, hasn't it? Uh, I would assume this is the first time you've ever covered uh, cocaine being found in the White House. Yes. This is the first <laughs> for me and for all the other reporters. Uh, one of the reporters who's very well respected here has been here a long time, Kelly O'Donnell of NBC News. I can remember doing live shots next to Kelly O'Donnell back in the year 2000. That's how long we've both been doing this, how long we know each other. Uh, And our tents are right next to each other on what is called Pebble Beach. That's the area, even though the pebbles are long gone, of the White House driveway where all of the news outlets have their their tents, and that's where all the TV reporters do their live shots from. Ours is right next to, excuse me, NBC News's. And today, for the first time, something I never thought I'd hear, I heard uh, Kelly O'Donnell, uh, who has universal respect here, explaining to the audience what a dime bag is. So what a di- <laughs> uh, we both got to laugh out of that. Uh, these are unprecedented times for sure. Now, they, yeah, this is kind of funny. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a big drug user there, James. I know that some people might say otherwise. Uh, but, but a dime bag, the, you just heard if, if they said dime size. If it were a dime-sized bag, uh, that would be a, a tiny bag. But it had, I, I'm assuming, a dime-sized amount of cocaine in a plastic bag that they found. You're uh, now actually forcing me into the same contortions that poor Kelly faced out on the lawn. <laughs> 
correct. A dime-sized bag is not what people mean when they refer to an actual dime bag. Uh, you don't have to be one of the fabulous furry freak brothers in order to know this. Yes, um, and you don't need to rack up. You don't need to rack up an eight ball of cocaine. I'm sorry. What? Go ahead. A dime bag refers to a street-level amount. It doesn't refer to the actual size of a dime. Um, I think in in past times this might have referred to the cost as, say, something that costs $10. But in in any case, we're talking about a small plastic bag with a kind of Ziploc feature to it uh, that is clear and and in which one would carry uh, what is, in this case, we must remember, a Schedule II drug under the Controlled Substances Act. Now, uh, you know the White House certainly better than I do. I've only been one time, and I didn't get anywhere, uh, you know, any any place uh, that, you know, most people would not see. Uh, do you know the area, and do you, when you talk about the procedure to get in the White House, do you suppose that would be kind of difficult to sneak something like that in? So there are different procedures for different categories of folks to enter the White House. The news media are generally herded through the Northwest Gate, which is, I don't know, about a football field and a half um, east of 17th and Pennsylvania. Um, uh, the, the area of the West Wing in which the cocaine was discovered by the Uniform Division of the Secret Service is a different entrance. It's a lobby with an awning that is located right off West Executive Avenue, which is the street close to traffic. Uh, that separates the White House itself from the Eisenhower Executive Office building. It is described as a heavily trafficked area, but um, in, in, you know when you compare it to, let's say, a subway station, it wouldn't be considered heavy traffic. Um, and it's um, it's where um, staff use it, um, and sometimes they bring in members of the public for sort of private tours uh, that go through there. Um, certainly, it would be covered by surveillance cameras. But the latest word we're getting from uh, sources on this is that the U.S. Secret Service, which is running the lead on this investigation, and the FBI, which has been brought into the investigation, are both growing increasingly pessimistic that they're ever going to identify the culprit who brought this uh, Schedule II drug um, (laughs) into the West Wing. Um, As one source put it to me, if it were as simple as fingerprinting the bag and matching uh, an ID, it would have happened by now. As for the surveillance cameras, Uh, It was explained to me that um, even in this kind of setting, which is so heavily surveilled, a a surveillance camera might not catch everything. If someone had a dime bag of cocaine in their palm um, and dropped it, that might not readily be um, caught by the cameras. It was the the analogy given to me was that you can take the most heavily surveilled sites in the country, uh, one of which would be Chicago, um, and where, uh, despite the presence of so many surveillance cameras in a concentrated area, you still will see that uh, perpetrators of shootings won't always be captured in the act on video. This is obviously a smaller and more controlled environment, but nonetheless, um, it, as it was put to me, to reverse engineer was the, word, the, the very term that was used, to reverse engineer a bag of cocaine is, is not easy in any circumstance, and, it's, and the fact that the, lo- the location here is the White House is not making it necessarily that easier, that much easier, uh, by next week, uh, if the situation persists, I think you'll see the law enforcement authorities um, alerting the public that they don't expect to find a culprit. Of course. Uh, you know, because they're probably the same person who did the January the 6th pipe bombings and leaked the Dobb decision. I'm sure it's the same person. 
you know, because they can't be caught. Um, you're a journalist, and, and I respect you as a journalist. You you remind me of some great journalists that I've spoken to. You're very you're a straight arrow when it comes to journalism. I cannot shake you. I have tried many times. I am that annoying tourist outside of of uh, the Ken's, uh, Buckingham Palace, and you're the guard with the uh, the beef eater. Uh, but I'm going to ask you. So if if <laughs> Considering Hunter Biden's uh, history, considering the fact that Hunter Biden is about to uh, maybe accept a plea deal where one of the charges that he has was he was using cocaine when he purchased a a federal firearm and he lied on the federal firearms purchase form. This on the heels of copious amounts of video footage showing that Hunter Biden thoroughly enjoyed cocaine uh, and he'd also got him kicked out of the military. You as a journalist, when you hear... Here on, you know, the day after the long weekend, Hunter Biden's in the White House on Friday. Would it be out of the question for a journalist of such repute as you to say, hey, maybe the coke got in there? Oh, no, because maybe Hunter Biden had it. Do you suppose that would be a worthy story? Well, first of all, thanks for your kind words. The proceedings <laughs> thus far have been rather pressing, and I would die for a beef eater right about now. But. Um, I would say that uh, obviously uh, there are many who are drawing uh, that particular connection or connecting those dots. Uh, the White House gave its first press briefing since this story broke uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, and the, sub and, the sum and substance of what Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, was dispatched to the briefing room to say about it uh, amounted to the fact that it was under active uh, Secret Service investigation, that she didn't want to get out in front of that, um, that the president is incredibly concerned about getting to the bottom of it, uh, and um, <clears throat> one other point that she made, which was that the president and his family and his and the first lady, quote, and their family, unquote, were all out of town when all of this went down. So I suppose that that is meant to address the kind of dot connecting that that you're talking about. Yeah, you certainly want to have wouldn't want to connect dots. You know, it'd be kind of like uh, I don't know somebody murdering their or or a spouse, a woman may be being murdered, and the police generally what do they go for? Do they go? Oh, I don't know. Maybe somebody might have came to their house in the last year, or I don't know the person closest to uh, the individual. That's generally where it goes. You would generally, I would assume, uh, uh, look to that person as a possible suspect, and also uh, to be the first person eliminated from the investigation. Uh, that said, um, do you suppose that as a condition of this plea deal that a drug test would be in order? And don't you suppose that if the White House were so uh, interested in dispelling this awful uh, idea that Hunter Biden might still be on cocaine, that they might voluntarily submit to a, a drug test by Hunter Biden just to clear things up and also to get the plea deal? <laughs> well, no, I don't envision the White House volunteering to do that. No, no. Uh, it is, we can simply say that uh, it is common among pretrial diversion programs for drug testing, completion of a, of a drug program yeah. uh, to be required. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to learn more about the Hunter Biden plea deal, uh, which involves a pretrial diversion on the weapons charge, as you noted, um, in the weeks to come. Yeah, I uh, I got to tell you, we live in strange times, James Rosen, uh, and and I do consider to be very fortunate to be uh, alive and uh, a broadcaster in said times because 
uh, we're, we're unveiling all sorts of things. We also know that a federal judge has issued an injunction told the government they cannot have uh, contact with social media organizations because of uh, allegations of massive censorship of particularly conservative speech. Um, what are you hearing about uh, about that um, with other media figures uh, in the White House with uh, with with this injunction? So, yeah, you're referring to a court order that was signed by Judge Terry A. Dowdy. Yes. He is the chief judge, of, uh, chief district judge for the Western District of Louisiana, a Trump appointee rated uh, well qualified by the ABA at the time of his nomination five years ago. Uh, and he is presiding over a lawsuit brought by the Republican Attorneys General of Louisiana and Missouri, um, who have alleged that President Biden, his aides, various federal agencies have colluded with big tech to censor or repress conservative points of view on social media. So as part of that lawsuit, uh, Judge Dowdy issued uh, an order on the 4th of July that was extraordinarily sweeping, uh, perhaps a first in the annals of U.S. telecom law, and one that that may carry far-reaching impacts for the exercise of the First Amendment, uh, in which he essentially banned at least nine federal agencies, from the FBI and the Census Bureau to the Departments of Justice, State and Homeland Security, among others, uh, and almost three dozen named individuals from the secretaries of Health and Human Services, uh, Homeland Security, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre herself, uh, the White House Counsel, Stuart Delery, and many others, uh, from uh, contacting, communicating with, or otherwise pressuring or trying to induce social media firms to, um, to repress or otherwise diminish the content that is protected by the First Amendment uh, on their platforms. Uh, and so the White House has said that uh, the Department of Justice is reviewing uh, this this ruling, this order, um, and with with an eye toward uh, developing options, either how to comply with it or how to challenge it. Yeah. Well, I um, I got to tell you, I'm very disappointed in the Institute of Journalism uh, because I do believe these allegations are true. You don't have to have a, an opinion on it, um, but I do believe it's true because I witnessed the censorship myself on everything, on everything. And when you hear the litany of things the judge mentions, everything from COVID vaccine injuries to CRT to whatever, uh, it's very clear that there was a portal open between federal agencies and social media. Uh, and it was very, very close to what Joseph Stalin did uh, with the establishment of the uh, disinformatia, the Department of Disinformation, I think they took from the playbook. So I'll be interested to see what happens. I'm just terribly disappointed. Um, what do you think about the future of journalism um, and, and young people getting into journalism right now? Uh, we've seen that a lot of the mainstream media, uh, they, they tend to be, seem to be ideologically aligned uh, with all of the uh, myriad ways to reach people on the web. Do you think this is a good time for the Institute of Journalism in the United States, James? It's difficult to say. In one sense, we have more people practicing journalism than ever before. Um, and uh, perhaps this goes back to the Zapruder film, where you had a, um, an ordinary dress manufacturer take the only known recording of the assassination of a president. Uh, that was um, a function of the democratization of of these tools, uh, whereby even uh, an ordinary citizen in Dallas that day had a movie camera. Um, I'm reminded of the, the testimony of Gordon Strawn, who was one of the uh, Watergate figures at the Senate Watergate hearings 50 years ago. He is still with us. And when he was asked at the end of his testimony what advice he would give to young people considering a career in politics, he said famously, stay away. I'm not sure yeah. that I'd give that advice to aspiring yeah. journalists. We're yes. always, despite the fact that 
Uh, we're seeing a lot of layoffs in, in uh, various media outlets, uh, and that the whole nature of, of the enterprise of journalism is changing rapidly in ways that might even be beyond our ken to, to conceive. Uh, we're always going to need people to make sense of all this raw data that's washing over us. Uh, and so I would simply say to those who might be considering entering the field to do it for the right reasons. It's not to help people. If you want to do that, you become a social worker. It's not to help children. If you want to do that, you become a child's advocate. It's not to speak truth to power. If you want to do that, you should write a column, not be a reporter. And, and it's not to be a voice for the voiceless. If you want to do that, you should run for Congress. The only nice. real reason that good reporters become reporters is for a very simple reason, because they enjoy adducing new facts to the record of our times. That's wow. the only reason a good reporter becomes a reporter. You talked about the strange times we live in. We're talking about cocaine at the White House. The Republican frontrunner has been twice criminally indicted, and it only seems to have enhanced his, his standing in the polls. Uh, Tom Wolfe, the great reporter who became one of our great novelists, um, probably would have thought that he was overdoing it if he ever used any of these storylines as plot lines in his novels. But the greatest compliment ever paid to a reporter, I think, was paid to Tom Wolfe. On the back cover of one of his books, one of the critics said, and I quote, no one, no reporter has gotten more of his times down onto paper than Tom Wolfe. That's the real reason we go into it. And that, wow. that is still a valid reason, despite the changes, economic and technological, that are occurring in the field today. Wow, that is... Uh... That is epic, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. And I can't wait for when the UFO space aliens are finally discovered and, and things are out of the open and you, and you cover it. Because nobody will cover it better than you do. James Rosen. James, you got this book. It's called Scalia Rise to Greatness. Uh, where can people find it? And also, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Newsmax every day covering the White House. Or you can go to my Twitter feed, at James Rosen TV. And the Scalia book, which just came out uh, and is getting rave reviews, you can find it at Amazon and everywhere else that you find books. All right. My friend, have a glorious week. Thanks for checking in, and we'll talk again soon. This is The Rob Carson Show. Say it loud and proud. Let's go, Brandon. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is. Thanks to uh, James Rosen for being on the show today. Man, he just, uh, he's awesome. He is awesome. Oh, it is kind of interesting, and I, and I mentioned this the other day. Uh, resumes, including they and them pronouns, are more likely to be overlooked in the job hiring process. It's because they're all transphobic. No, actually, no. It's because potential employers look at this person and go, wow, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, a recent report found job applicants who put he or they, them pronouns on the resume overlooked in the job uh, process. Uh, the report published in uh, March claimed 80% of non-binary people believe that identifying as non-binary hurts their job search, and more than half believe their gender identity has affected their workplace experience negatively. It's not because uh, people are transphobic or non-binary phobic. It's because they think you're going to be a giant pain in the ass. That's what it's all about. And I'm going to tell you, I look back at my alma mater, Northwest Missouri State, of which I am not affiliated anymore. At the broadcast uh, facility, they have professors who have they, them pronouns on their profiles as broadcasting free speech instructors. And that's when I said, yeah, you know, I'm going to leave that university in my past. I think I'm just going to leave that in the past. One 57-year-old prospective employer said they're not interested in the drama that a person who thinks they are a they-them brings. Another employer said, take the pronouns. I would trash the resume for that reason alone. An 
another hiring manager in the hotel and food industry, uh, said he would recommend applicants take the they-them pronouns off of their resumes. I find that personal pronouns are quite silly in a job situation. That is, uh, this is better reserved for social settings, not in the job setting. Because when you use they-them pronouns, it shows, A, you're mentally ill, B, you're a panderer, and C, you're a sheep who falls for idiotic crap like this. I just added that. The pronouns are off-putting and unnecessary. Get rid of the per- pronoun nonsense. You're either a he or a she, another prospective manager said. This person, only 36 years old, and works for a college. According to the report, 64% of companies that received those resume- these resumes uh, were ma- ma- mainly liberal locations, something that made the resumes uh, what they say think is worrisome. So even uh, liberal institutions see this nonsense, this they, them, as somebody who is the, uh, uh, a pain in the rear end and a potential, um, them being potential uh, targets for lawsuits, for so- any sort of said ism or obia or, you know, whatever. Let's take a break and come back and wrap this show up, shall we? This is the Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. Hey guys, it's Carson. If you don't know already, I am live noon to 3 Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country. And the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And above all, don't catch the stupid. 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 